Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Oh, it's working. Good. I don't know if you get the, the Wanganui Chronicle. We, we get it from our neighbour. They read it and then the next day they give it to us. So it's a day old when we get it, but we still spend our breakfast over it. Now, in one of the issues this week, there were two full-page articles. One was on the nuclear threat that the world is facing with North Korea and Iran. And the other one was on the climate change threat that the world appears to be facing. And of course, in addition to that, there's always COVID. So in the midst of all of this, it's not surprising if people are getting concerned, particularly young people. Is it worth getting married? Is it worth having kids? Where's it all going? Is anyone in charge? Is anyone in control? And the answer is yes, there is someone in control. And I want to read to you from the book of Isaiah, chapter 49. It's the second of the four servant songs that are in Isaiah. Back in September, we looked at the first servant song in Isaiah 42. Now we're moving on to the second, Isaiah 49. Listen to me, O islands, and pay attention, you people from afar. The Lord called me from the womb, from the body of my mother. He named me. He has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he has concealed me. He has made me into a select arrow. He has hidden me in his quiver. He said to me, you are my servant Israel, in whom I will show my glory. But I said, I have toiled in vain. I've spent my strength in vain and for, spent my strength for nothing in vanity. You surely, yet surely the justice due to me is with the Lord, and my reward is with my God. And now the Lord says, who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, so that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honoured in the eyes of the Lord, and my God is my strength. He says, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant to rise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore and to restore the preserved ones of Israel, I will also make you a light for the nations so that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and its Holy One, to the despised one, to the one abhorred by the nation, to the servant of rulers, kings will see you and rise up. Princes will also bow down because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. If I get my words, it's because a few years ago I memorised this same passage in the NIV and now I'm reading it out of the NASB. And so every now and then I get a little, but never mind. Okay. 
So the title today is The Servant's Mission and, the, and Spiritual Success. As I said, we looked at Isaiah 42 back in September and in that case, in that situation, it was the Father speaking. And the Father said, Behold my servant. Behold, this is my servant, my chosen one in whom I delight. And this first servant song can be viewed as contemplating the ministry of the Lord Jesus, the servant in prospect from the perspective of his baptism. That's looking forward to his ministry. And this second servant song is rather looking back, looking back, taking an overview of his whole ministry. And this time it is the servant that is speaking. The father said, behold, the servant now says, listen, listen to me, you islands, hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me. He has a mission. He has a mission to go to the ends of the earth. A call and a commission from his father. He came born of a woman, born under the law. So we go to verse 2. He has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand he has concealed me. He has also made me a select arrow. He has hidden me in his quiver. Now these are poems, and so this is poetic language. And so we're looking for images here that these words create for us. Revelation 1.16 Out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, able to judge the thoughts and intents of the heart. In Psalm 45 verse 5, let your sharp arrows pierce the hearts of the king's enemies. This servant is going to come and he's going to come with a word that is sharp and decisive and dividing. He is going to He's going to come and he's going to speak and he's going to, like a sharp arrow, it's going to fly to its target. He's going to strike exactly where he wants his word to strike and it's going to achieve exactly what he determines that it should achieve. Now it also says that <coughs> in the shadow of his hand he hid me. He has hidden me in his quiver. The Lord Jesus, when he was 12 years old, they found him in a temple. Why are you here? Why haven't you come home with us? I must be about my father's business. At 12 years old, I must be about my father's business. But it was 18 long years before he stepped out and began his ministry. And during those 18 years, he was being prepared. He was being fashioned. He was learning humility. He was learning the scriptures. He was listening to his father. 
anyone who wants to serve the Lord, there must be a period of preparation. Nobody just steps out. Everyone who wants to serve the Lord has to be willing to be prepared. Now we look at, at our Lord Jesus and just the way he spoke. The, the officers, the, the scribes and Pharisees sent officers to apprehend him and they came back empty-handed and, and, and they said, where is he? Why haven't you brought him in? And they said, never man spoke like this man. In Luke chapter 4, verse 22, it says, All the people were speaking well of him and admiring the gracious words that were coming from his lips. That time of preparation had produced that graciousness. In Psalm 45, 2b, Grace is poured upon your lips, therefore God has blessed you forever. Remember the woman taken in adultery. This howling mob brings her before the Lord Jesus and they are determined to stone her. Or at least if they don't achieve that, they will trip him up and make him out to be something that he isn't. And so Jesus says to them, Whoever's without sin among you first cast a stone. And slowly they go away. One at a time they go away. And you're left with the lady standing there and the Lord Jesus. And he says to her, where are your accusers? Are there none? She said, none, sir. None, Lord. And he said, neither do I, con neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Mark 1 and 41, at the beginning of his ministry, there was a leper who cried out to him and said, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion. And I like the way Mark does that. He says, moved with compassion. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing be clean. Remember in, also in Mark's Gospel in chapter 6 and verse 34 it says when Jesus went ashore, went ashore he saw a large crowd and he felt compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd and he began to teach them many things. So we see that the, the common people heard him, the common people responded to him, but what of the religious leaders? John 1 and 11, they did not receive him. They refused to accept him. He came to his own and his own received him not. In John 8 and 14, Responding, John 8 and 14, responding to the Jewish leaders, Jesus said, you do not know me. You do not know where I come from. 
and you do not know where I'm going. And also in John, in chapter 9, two passages, the first in verse 16, Therefore some of the Pharisees were saying, This man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath, does not keep their petty rules about the Sabbath. And in verse 29, We know that God has spoken through Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he is from. And so they dismissed him. We'll go to verse 3 and 4. He said to me, You are my servant Israel, in whom I will show my glory. But I said, I have toiled in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and vanity. Yet surely the justice due to me is with the Lord, and my reward is with my God. This is Israel a person. This is not Israel the nation. This is Israel a person. Israel originally in the scriptures, Israel is an individual. In Isaiah 44 and 21 it records it. Remember these things, Jacob. This is God speaking. Remember these things, Jacob. For you, Israel, are my servant. You Ah, my servant Israel, I will not forget you. In verses 5 and 6 that we'll look at shortly, we will see Israel, the nation, but here it's Israel, the person. <coughs> this servant of Jehovah, the second person of the Trinity, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Saviour of the world, this servant will succeed where Israel didn't. In this servant, in he, he will show his splendor. Hebrews 1 and 3. And he is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his nature. Now I said that this <coughs> passage is an overview of the ministry of the servant of Jehovah. And, there's, and it has three, fa three phases. There's a past ministry when he came on earth and we've spoken about that. There's a present ministry where he's ministering to the Gentiles and there's a future ministry when he's going to minister to Israel. And he's going to redeem Israel. But that earthly ministry, we get these words, but I said I have toiled in vain. I've spent my strength for nothing and vanity, yet surely the justice due to me is with the Lord and my reward is with my God. He toiled. He sought to reach the people. He sought to reach the nation of Israel, and they wouldn't have it. Matthew chapter 13. Reading from verse 13. This is the Lord Jesus speaking. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because while seeing they do not see, and while hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. 
In their case, the prophecy of Isaiah has been fulfilled, which says, you will keep on hearing, but will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. Sorry, it's amazing. You can't see a word when you're looking for it. For the heart of this people has, come, has become dull. With their ears they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes, otherwise they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and return, and I would heal them. You can hear the heart of the Lord reaching out, and they won't have it. Paul, quoting from Isaiah 65 in Romans 10.21, said, I have spread out my hands all day long to a disobedient and obstinate people. They weren't disobedient because they were ignorant. They were disobedient because they were obstinate. They would not obey. They would not comply. Remember that passage that the Lord Jesus reasoned with the scribes and Pharisees and, and he showed them their faults, he showed them their shortcomings and then almost in desperation in, in Matthew twenty three thirty seven, he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who killed the prophets and stoned those who've been sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. Think of the anguish in the heart of the Saviour as he said those things. He also said in Luke 13 and 35, Behold, your house is left to you desolate, and I say to you, you will not see me until you say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. There is going to be a coming day. And he's looking forward to that. <clears throat> On his way to the cross, battered and bruised and broken, and that faithful band of women that followed him everywhere he went, and ministered to his needs, and they're weeping for him. And he turns to them and he says, Daughters of Jerusalem, stop weeping for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. The Jews thought they were rid of him. They thought he was a failure. They thought he hadn't achieved what he came to achieve. But that wasn't the end of the story. We go on to verse 5 and verse 6. And now the Lord says, who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, so that Israel may be gathered to him. For I am honoured in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has been my strength. 
He says, it is too small a thing for you, that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will make you a light of the nations so that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Thanks, Viv. So that this, the ministry of the servant of Jehovah did not end back there in Israel. The servant's minister has a ministry to restore Israel. The one he was formed in the womb to restore Israel. But first he will be the light to the Gentiles to bring his salvation to the ends of the earth. His ministry for the Gentiles is going to be both light and salvation. Now somebody might say to me, well hold on, you've just read it and the order is Israel first and then the Gentiles. Are you sure you've got your theology right? <coughs> well, there's an answer. First in Luke chapter 2. Remember when the Lord Jesus was a babe and he was brought into the, into the temple to be dedicated and there was an old prophet there, Simeon, who'd spent his whole life waiting because God had promised him that he would see the Messiah. And Simeon steps up and he takes this baby Jesus in his arms. And he looks up and he says, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For I have, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. He is a prophet with the baby Jesus in his arms, the Messiah in his arms, and he says, a light to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And there's another passage in, in Acts 13 and verse 46. <clears throat> this is dealing with Paul and Barnabas. Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and said it was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first since you repudiate it and judge yourselves unworthy of, earth, of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, I have placed you as a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Here's Paul using that same Isaiah scripture as his mandate to turn from the Jews and go to the Gentiles. And what's the response to the Gentiles? Verse 48, when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word 
of the Lord and as many as had been appointed to return to to eternal life believed. So in verse 46, you had the Jews repudiating. In verse 48, you have the Gentiles rejoicing. Gentiles rejoice. Your Saviour is with you. The nation of Israel has never brought the light of God to the Gentiles. It was their task, but they never completed it. And no other person in history has done it. Israel rejects Jesus as the Messiah. But tell me this. If Jesus Christ is not the Messiah, then who is? Even New Guinea tribesmen hidden away in, in valleys that you can only get to by aeroplane have heard about the Saviour. We in far off New Zealand have heard about the Saviour. If Jesus Christ is not the Messiah, then who is? So we said this ministry is going to receive a reward. This ministry is going to be recognised. This ministry is not going to fail. We go to verse 7. And I love this. I love this verse. It's one of my favourites. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, and its Holy One, to the despised one, to the one abhorred by the nation, to the servant of rulers, kings will see and arise, princes will also bow down because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. The Holy One of Israel. God himself speaks again to his faithful one, to his servant, the one who was despised and rejected. And the scripture says that kings will rise up, the petty potentates of this world who have puffed themselves up will bow down in his presence. And the princes, the, the pretenders for tomorrow, will arise and pay homage to him. Why will this be? Because the God of heaven, the one who sent him, the one who appointed the servant, he is faithful and he keeps his word and we can trust him. He chose him and he will see that he is finally recognised. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 11 confirms this. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very 
form of a servant being made in human likeness and being found and fashioned as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your servant. We thank you for the servant of Jehovah. We thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ, the one and only one. We praise your holy name, Lord, that we have a hope and we have a future. This world is not going to end in chaos and confusion. It's going to end with the glorification of our blessed Lord. Thank you, Father, in his precious name. Amen.